Thanks for tuning in to the What's the Wi-Fi Password, a podcast for our Jesus Famous Youth Ministry. Today, we have a message from our 2022 middle school summer camp about trusting in the Lord. Enjoy. All right, good morning. Hello, camp. I know what you're thinking. Does that guy really need two music stands? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes. When you have two, you need two. Um, Man, I am so glad I get to share with you guys today. Uh, It is a privilege. It's an honor. I love seeing what God is doing in and through each and one of you, Um, how God has been speaking to you, convicting you. That has been a prayer of mine. It's been a prayer of the pastors. It's been a prayer of the youth leaders. It's been a prayer of your parents. Um, It is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, As we were preparing for this camp, Josh puts me on a group chat with Casey and Jeremiah and asking, hey, what are you guys going to teach? Send it to me and give me your titles. And I'm the first one to respond. And I say, "Uh, trusting God, Joshua 6. And I thought, well, that's great. And then I, I start seeing all these other guys respond, Casey and Jeremiah. And it's like, trusting God with my identity and trusting God with trials. And I'm like, oh, geez, that's the best I got is trusting God. So that's what you get today for me is that. All right. That wasn't funny at all. Okay. I will scratch that from the notes. Don't ever say that again. Um, so trusting God, trusting God. When it comes to trust, there are a lot of things we put our trust in. And I realized I am in charge of my slides. So I need to connect to the computer for a moment. Bear with me. Please work, please work, please work, please work. Does getting closer help? I have this guy in our young adult group, and whenever I share pictures with him, you know, through uh, AirDrop, he puts his phone right next to mine like it has to be side by side. I'm like, dude, we can do it from a room away. Like, you don't have to be next to me. But I feel like I need to be next to the computer. Are we good? Okay. Thanks. I just got them. I went to Zion last week, and I got them for Zion. And then I ruined them while I was in Zion because they're all, like, dirty and gross. Thank you. I am having connection issues, Bernard. Do, do the clicker? Do you, do you want me to just tell you when I need a click? That's going to be annoying, but thank you for your help. All right, we're going to do the old-fashioned way as I continue to try. When it comes to trust, there are a lot of things we put our trust in. And I wanted to show you some examples that we might put our trust in. The first one is, is that we might trust in other people's skills and ability. And in this video, please keep your eye on the umpire. Enjoy. Ooh. Man down. Man down. Thank you, catcher. Who's a catcher in this room? Any catchers? Catch the ball, all right? That's what the umpire's saying. Catch the ball. Okay. How about another one? We put trust, maybe at people at, at church. We put our trust in people at church. Let's see how we might do that. Oh. Man, 
Don't trust those people at youth group. Dang. Ouch. Okay, what about we trust others to be there for us, right? We, we trust that people are going to get our back and have us and, and be there when we need them. Let's watch this one. forward for crying out loud like don't you know the game you fall backwards all right okay what about parents we trust parents don't we like they love us they care for us when we were you were a baby they you woke up every three hours and your mom would take care of you or your dad would go and take care of you like man we trust and they nurture and care and provide they sent you to camp well let's see Oh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if you heard it, but he was like screaming in the background after it was shot in his eye. Um, okay, let's put everyone aside. Like all those that we've kind of been trusting others. Like we, we are trusting a catcher. The umpire is trusting the catcher. We're trusting people at youth group. We are trusting parents. We are trusting that others will be there for us. What about trusting ourselves? Come on, like we can trust ourselves to do certain things, can't we? Well, let's see. I mean, like there's the door that's open. Like, and you're gonna create your own door by going through a window? Jeez. <laughs> what in the world? Trust. Trust. Well, we are gonna talk about trusting God today. Trusting God. And those are some of the funny examples, a way we might trust and yet trust is broken. Those are funny examples. We fail others and others fail us because we are flawed, we are sinners, and we are imperfect, but not when it comes to God. And that is something that Jeremiah and Casey have been driving home. That not when it comes to God. God is perfect. God is holy. God does not lie. God does not do wrong. God does not fail. God does not break his word. God does not make mistakes. God does not let us down. God is faithful. Listen, even when we lack faith or when we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. Trusting God. The passage that we're going to look at today required Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Slide. Sorry, I'm going to have to say that every time now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. 
The passage that we're looking at today requires Proverbs 3.5. This morning, we're going to look at trusting God when there are walls in our life. We are going to look at trusting God when there are walls in our life. All right, let's pray, and then we are going to jump into God's word. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for every human breathing person here right now. God, we thank you that you desire to speak to us. You desire to change our hearts and our minds. You desire to conform us in your image. You desire to transform us, sanctify us, make us who we are, and shape us into something holy of who you are. God, we thank you for that. God, we thank you that we don't deserve that, that we don't earn that, that we don't strive for that. Lord, we pursue you, and you are in pursuit of us, and you're shaping us, molding us changing us. Thank you, God. I pray that that would be a reality for us this morning and as we continue in camp. Lord, and thank you that it doesn't only begin and end at camp. God, that you're in work in our lives when we pack up in our vans, in our cars, in our buses, and go home to wherever that is. Thank you that you are God with us here, now, and forever that you're at work. God, these hearts, these minds, Lord, we struggle with trust at times. People have failed us. We have failed. But Lord, I pray that you get it into our heart and mind that you do not fail, that you are the one we can trust always. Lord, I pray through your word today, through our time, through small group today, and through the rest of our camp, we drive that into our heart and mind. You are the one we can lean upon at all times. So please, Lord, don't let my sins hinder anything you want to accomplish today. God, please let the Holy Spirit fall and speak to each one of us. Convict our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you have a Bible. Please turn to Joshua chapter 6. If you're wondering where Joshua chapter 6 is, it is the sixth book in the Bible. Six. Turn to Joshua chapter 6. If you don't know where that is, there's an index in the front of your Bible. It will give you all the books in the Bible with a page number. It is after Deuteronomy, Joshua 6. Joshua 6. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. All right, are we there? Lovely. Let's go. Joshua 6. We're going to read the first two verses to jump in. Here we go. Now Jericho was shut up inside and out, and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. All right. Let's pause and let's do something real quick. I need five volunteers. One, two, rainbow, three. Someone in the back standing up, five. Come on up. Uh, One, two, three, four. Yes, come on up. You're already up. Boom. I got my five. 
Okay, you are going to be my pillar. You're right here. You don't move, right? Okay, you are going to be six feet. You hold that. You're going to go this way six feet. Go that way. Go slow, go slow, go slow, go slow, go slow. And seven feet. Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Boom, you're at six feet. You stay right there. Okay, you are 12 feet. How are you doing, 12 feet? You're going to go 12 feet. Go, 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 go. You got it? Slow, slow, slow. 10, 11, and 12. Stop right there. Beautiful. Well done, 12 feet. You did a great job. Rainbow. You ready to go 20 feet? But 20 feet, I want you to go that way in the crowd. That way. I say that way. That way, that way. Yes. 20 feet. Oh, no, no. You don't move. You're pillar. You don't move. 20 feet, 20 feet. How are we doing? Where are we at? Stop. Let's see. Oh, we're at 23 feet. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Terry, back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Come on. A little bit more. Back it up. 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 Okay. Oh, you need to go 20 feet at the end. Stay right there. Awesome. You are 30 feet. Do you know that? Okay. So take me, her, me, her grab 20 feet. And now you're going to go another 10 feet. Lovely, 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 lovely. How are we doing? How are we doing? Okay, slow, slow, slow. Where are we at? Oh, we're at 27. 28. 29. 20, oh, 30. 30. Stop right there. Beautiful. Hang right there. Back up on the step because that's where we were. Right? That's all right. It's all right. Okay, stay right there. Don't move. You guys are doing excellent. We have our pillar. We have 6 feet. We have 12 feet. We have 20 feet. And we have 30 feet. How are you guys doing? You guys good? Excellent. Well done. Thank you. Stay right there. Now, as we looked at verse 1, verse 1 tells us that Joshua, what he would have seen that day when they entered Jericho, Joshua and the Israelites. Verse 1 tells us, he said, they would have saw a city of people that was shut in in a fortified fortress. Joshua would have been looking at Jericho, a city surrounded by a system of two massive walls. The outer wall, you ready for the outer wall? Here's the outer wall. The outer wall is six feet thick or wide, okay? That's a big wide wall, right? That outer wall is now 20 feet. Can you wave 20? Can you wave? 20 feet high. That's, that's the outer wall. It is 20 feet high. The inner wall, the inner wall is now 12 feet wide. So now there's not only a, t- a six-foot wide wall and a 20-foot high wall. There's another wall behind that wall, and it is now 12 feet wide. Can you wave 12? Can you wave? 12, right? And then, and then it's 30 feet tall. High 30. 30 feet tall. There are two walls, 20 and 30. These are massive walls. Joshua, the Israelites, walk into Jericho. They see this massive fortress, and it's huge. It's huge. And then between these walls was a 15-foot span between the two walls. And that was where the walkway was, and that's where all the guards were. You see, it would have been coming into Jericho, seeing this massive structure. It would have been easy to look at Jericho and rely on their own understanding. And by our own understanding, looking at the walls would have been, this is 
impossible. Looking at high 30, how are we going to get over that? High 20, how are we going to get over that? We might get over 20, but can we get over 30? See, this was massive. This was huge. There's no way they would have ever moved by relying on their own understanding. This was impossible. Okay, volunteers, you can sit down. You can just drop the tape there. I'll deal with it later. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, 12, 6, 20, pillar. Well done, 30. Here's the deal. For you and I, for you and I, we can have Jerichos in our life where we see, all we see is massive walls in front of us, that it can't be conquered, that it can't be won. So my struggles, all I see is my struggles, and, and I can't see beyond that. I just see these massive walls, relying on my own understanding and not what the Lord sees and not trusting in the Lord of what he has promised. And then we look at what's in front of us and what's going on around us, and then we believe God can't win. God can't save. God can't restore. God can't accomplish. God won't be faithful. God won't show up. God won't pull through. You see, once we've made failure number one, and failure number one is distrusting God. When we fail at that, then we make failure number two. And failure number two is the second part of Proverbs 3, 5. And that's where we begin to rely on our own understanding. Those walking into Jericho, seeing those massive walls, could have said, man, this is impossible. These walls can't be conquered. This is hopeless. This is pointless. We might as well just turn around and go home. If we rely on our own understanding, we see what's in front of us, and we think we are doomed and we stop trusting God, and we start relying on our own wisdom, our own understanding. Personally, where are you at? Where has God declared victory for you, but all you see is walls? All you see is, is this impossibility, this, this weight. It could be walls of fear, walls of doubt, walls of guilt, Walls of receiving grace, walls of religion, walls of self-worth, walls of pain, walls of friendship, wall of whatever it is in front of you. What's that wall? Is there a wall waiting for you back home? Is there a wall that you have been struggling with and looking at and relying on your own understanding back home? In verse 1, the Israelites had a real problem. But it's crucial. It's crucial we note verse 2. Because in verse 2, in light of verse 2, verse 1 doesn't matter. Do you realize that? What Joshua and the Israelites were looking at was a massive fortress. But listen, it didn't matter. Why? Because of verse 2. Verse 2 is the promise of victory. And what lies in front of them is going to be a vapor. 
It doesn't matter what the opposing army has or the size of army or the amount of weapons they possess. It doesn't matter the number of mighty men of valor or the power or the greatness of the king. Do you realize verse 1 does not matter? It doesn't matter. Do you realize no matter what other verses say in chapter 6, no other verse matters because the promise of verse 2. All Joshua and the people needed to know was verse 2. Verse 2 is everything. The key to verse 2 is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Get this. Because God has already claimed the victory, the size and the number of people didn't matter. These walls that were 20 feet and 30 feet high, listen, they could have been 10,000 feet high. The men of valor who there was this great army, this army could have been 10 million and it didn't matter. Next slide. Victorious Christians are people who know the promises of God and believe the promises of God. Do you understand that? Joshua and the people are going to be victorious in Joshua 6. Not because they're relying on their own understandings, because they are people who are relying on the promises of God and they believe the promises of God. Verse 2 is a promise. All they have to do is obey. All they have to do is trust in God. Next slide. It's crucial we understand. We are not working for victory. We are working from victory. You who are a believer, maybe you just became a believer this weekend. Praise God. Do you ever feel like you're striving and working for something? I think we, we miss out and realize that we are not having to work for victory. Christ has paid it. Christ has done it. It is finished. The Holy Spirit resides in us as a follower of Jesus. We work from victory, not for. We are not the ones striving for the Super Bowl like like they would in, in football. Those teams work, and they work all season, hitting each other, killing one another, right? Getting touchdowns. All to get to the Super Bowl because they're working for victory. Listen, because of Christ, we're not working for, we work from. We work from. Man, this idea of working from, my dad was a business owner growing up. And he owned like a Staples. It was like a Staples. It was an office supply store. And being a little kid in that store meant this is my playground. And these employees are my friends and in some ways, they are, I am their boss as a six-year-old or nine-year-old. I ran around that store, and I would grab pins and grab pins and erasers and everything that I wanted. But when I go into Staples now, I'm having to, like, go in as not someone who owns a store or has complete freedom in the store. I'm going in as someone who is a customer and I have to obey some rules and things. But when my dad was the owner, guess what? I had free reign. I'd go in the back and play on stuff and boxes and whatever. 
And then the coffee, the sugar cubes, the square cubes. Oh, mamacita, come on. That was like my candy. It's my candy store. I just pop those suckers in one after another. I'm elf, right? Ayo. That's what's like working from victory. I am not the guest. I'm the owner's son. And the owner's son has free reign. Do you understand us as followers of Jesus? We are not striving for something. It's already been accomplished and we work from that. We flow from that. You are not defeated. You are not weak when you walk on your junior high campus as a follower of Jesus. You are not weak when you go back home and those walls are in front of you. And you feel like, how am I going to knock down these walls? How do I get past this? You're working from victory. One of my pastor friends that I love, dearly loved, he passed away years ago, says that, and I believe that many of you came forward last night and stood up, Jesus changes everything without changing anything. Think on that. Jesus changes everything without changing anything. That story that Casey read about that girl, that high school girl, her life was devastated by sin. And talking about how when God saved her, her circumstances didn't change, but her hope, her love, her desires had completely changed. Because God changes everything without changing anything. We work from victory. Look at verse three. You shall march around the city and all the men of war going around the city. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns of the ark. In the seventh, on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall bow their trump, blow their trumpets. And when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout and the walls of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. Listen, the method of warfare was one that made absolutely no sense. Did you catch that? No sense. Military intelligence, would, this is not military intelligence right here. If they were going to go and rely on their own understanding, this plan was absolutely foolish. The plan required, this plan that God gives, requires total dependence upon God. Trusting in the Lord. Trusting God. Imagine Joshua explaining the plan to the priests and the military leaders. God just spoke to Joshua. I got to relay it to them. Imagine this conversation. Here's the plan, guys. You ready? We're going to march around the walls with the Ark of the Covenant. Next, we're going to blow trumpets. Well, Josh, we're going to blow our trumpets. That's going to blow our cover. The Ark of the Covenant might slow us down. Okay, what else you got? Then, then get this, then we're going to yell and scream really, really loud. <sighs> Can you believe it? Okay, Josh, you're saying we're going to walk around, we're going to scream, we're going to bring the ark. What else? What do you mean what else? That's it. 
Don't you see? That's the plan. The walls are going to come down. Imagine the looks on their faces. That seems absolutely ridiculous. This plan was crazy. This plan made no sense. The walls are massive. 20, 30 feet tall. 6 feet wide. 12 feet wide. But listen. Listen. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. And sometimes God's plan is so wacky. Sometimes God's plan to us seems so wacky. It's not wacky, but to us, it seems, God, did I hear you right? Does this, is this really what you're saying to me? Listen, this is God's plan. God is showing and demonstrating just how big he is. And I think that's something Casey was talking about, being in the pressure cooker. There's times where God moves and does stuff in such a way that we are so uncomfortable But God is revealing himself that only he could get the credit and the glory, and he's revealing himself to us through this process. God didn't, listen, God didn't even need the people to walk around. He didn't need the people for anything. Listen, he could have huffed and puffed and blew that house down, right? He could have done that. He doesn't need the people walking around the fortress for seven days. But you see, the craziness of the plan all points to God. God, in the end, gets the glory. God gets the recognition. God gets the praise. God gets the honor he so deserves. And listen, if people people will lean on Proverbs 3, 5, that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, then they will see And know that nothing is impossible with God. They will see and know that nothing is impossible with him if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and do not lean on our own understanding. When we do that, we see God for who he truly is. That God does do the impossible. That God does do the miraculous. That God knocks down walls that are seemingly impossible. Listen, it's not just for Joshua then, it's for us now. Isaiah, slide, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Listen, God is not a God who we can fit into our box. God does not operate the way we want him to operate. Because of that, God doesn't think and act the way we might want him to or the way we think he should. He does things his way. And his ways are often not our ways. A few ways we get into trouble is rather than trusting God and waiting on God, we take control of the moment. These walls are not going to come down with an ark, with trumpets, and walking around and shouting. That's foolish. So you know what? Let me take charge and I'll show you how we'll get these walls down. We need tanks. We need rockets, we need machine guns, and we're going to blow this place up. 
That's what we do. We think we know better than God. Listen, that wasn't the plan. God has the perfect plan. And we get into trouble when we think we know better than God. When we take control, when we take control, we are no longer trusting God. You catch that? When we think we know better than God, we are no longer trusting. Another way we get into trouble is, in some way, we doubt God. Okay, Man, I am, God says this is the plan. I'm really struggling with the plan, but this is the plan. I'm struggling, but I'm doubting. And in that, our faith can diminish or we begin to question God's faithfulness and God's goodness. And the reality is, is how different is God's thoughts and God's ways than ours? And he tells us, as far as the heavens is from the earth, that's far. That's how far off we can be when it comes to any thought or any given action. God's ways are far greater than ours. Do not, we should not think that we know better than him. God is in absolute perfect control. He holds this place, this, this world in the palm of his hand as if it is nothing. We are a tiny speck in his world, in his domain. We are not better. We are not greater. We do not know more than God knows. What our job is, our responsibility is, trust God. Trust God. He will take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. All right, let's continue on. Verse six. Let's continue on in this story. See what happens. Verse six. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city, let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men walking around before the priests who were blowing the trumpets in the rear guard were walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually. Verse 10, but Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make a voice heard, neither shall any of you go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about it once, and then going into camp, and they spent the night in camp. Verse 12, then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horn before the ark of the Lord walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually. And the armed men were, were walking before them, and the rear guards were walking after the ark. Next page. Of the Lord, while the trumpets blew continually. Verse 14, on the second day, they marched around the city once. They returned into camp, so did for six days. There was a repeating pattern. Six days, they did the same thing. The ark marching, absolute silence. I can only imagine the people on day one, day two, they're marching around, their heads are down as they're told to be silent, thinking this is the dumbest thing ever. 
who came up with this idea? Right. But they probably thinking Joshua's a moron, right? Like, I can't wait till this fails and we are going to put it on Twitter everywhere how dumb Joshua is. It is going to go on my Facebook. Look at this idiot. They probably thinking, is this just a big waste of time? But maybe, listen, maybe on the third day, maybe on the third day, maybe their head is up a little bit, and now they're beginning to look at the wall, and they're beginning to think, four more days of this. Four more days. And what if in four more days, these walls do come down? What if what we're doing really is true? What if this happens, this fortress that is impossible to penetrate? What if in four more days that we're doing this and it falls? Listen, rather than being bothered by the process, what if being in celebration that in a total of seven days there's going to be victory? Do you see? Sometimes we get bothered by the process. I don't like the process. I don't want to do that. Don't tell me to do that. But God has processes for us. There's things that he wants us to walk through. Because when we walk through it, he gets the praise, he gets the glory, and we get to see that it's all him and not us. There's a process here. And this process was gonna bring them victory. The bottom line here is, our eyes are always to be set on God rather than the process. Even though the process is where God was going to give them victory. All right, let's finish this story. Verse 15, let's get it done. Here we go, verse 15. On the seventh day, they rose early at dawn on that day. They marched around the city the same manner seven times. It was only that day that they marched around the city seven times. And on that seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord as he had given you the city. And the city and all that was in shouted, they devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who were with her in her house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest you have devoted them or be devoted them. You take on the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing of destruction and bring trouble upon you. But all the silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron holy to the Lord, they shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted, the trumpets were blown, and as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout. And the wall fell down flat, so the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. The key is this. The key, God is faithful. Amen. God is faithful. Do you understand if they would have relied on their own understanding and did things their way? Do you understand there's, they may not have realized that, but God through his graciousness will always kind of maneuver us back into his will and his plan. But it's a lot longer road, a lot more hurt, a lot more pain, a lot more struggle, a lot longer process. In the end, the key, God is faithful. He was faithful just as he said he would be. It's important to know that God's people 
were also faithful. Slide, there's a few key lessons for us that we should see in this story. First, there is a vast difference between God's ways and our ways. We must have faith that God is who he says he is. And we will do what he says for us to do. Listen, he is God who created the heavens and the earth. He is God who parted the Red Sea. He is God who made you and formed you into his image. He is God who heals the sick. He is God who raises the dead to life. He is God who turned water into wine. He is God who multiplied the fish. He is God who shut the mouths of lions in the lion's den. He is God who met Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He is God who sent Jonah to Nineveh to an evil, evil city so that those wicked people may be born again by the grace and love of God. He is God who sent his one and only son to seek and save the lost. He is God who died a sinner's death that you and I may be forgiven. That is who God is. A very short, brief list. Second, the second thing to note, next slide. The power of God is supernatural beyond comprehension. The walls of Jericho fell and they fell instantly. The walls collapsed by the sheer power of God. I am reminded of Joshua 1, how God instructed Joshua to be strong and courageous. If you would take your Bible, turn to Joshua chapter 1, six chapters to your left. And I just want to highlight verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9. Verse 6, verse 7, verse 9. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all that the law of Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not, turn, uh, do not turn from it to the right hand or the left hand, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Listen, God is asking Joshua not to merely suck it up, buttercup. It's not what he's saying. <laughs> Wouldn't that seem like that would be God? No. He's not saying that. He, God, is telling Joshua that he can have courage, listen, because God's already guaranteed the victory. He's guaranteed it. God had already given them the land to the people. God told Joshua that it was, he didn't tell him it was going to be easy, but he told him that he would succeed by the strength of the Lord. He told him he would succeed by turning, not turning to the right or the left from the word of God. They needed to trust God and they trusted God there is victory to be had. Be courageous and be strong. Be bold, be courageous, be strong. As we close here, I'm gonna go ahead and ask the worship team to come up. Please understand, God tells you and I the exact same thing. Remember, we're not working for victory, we're working from victory. 
Next slide. In the book of Hebrews, the same promises of God, the presence is applied to you and to me as believers. He says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Next slide, John 4.4 says, greater is he who is in you than who is in the world. Next slide, John 3.16, Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but you can have courage because he who lives in us has already overcome the world. We are not working for victory, we work from victory. You, as a believer in Christ, are working from that place today. When you go home and there's walls in front of you, that's where you're working from. Trust in God. Trust God. Trust God. As we face challenges of life, God wants us to know that he has not left us to fend for ourselves. He is God with us. You are not alone. Joshua, the Israelites, were not alone in Jericho looking at those walls. You going home are not alone looking at the walls. So the walls you're facing at home, we are not to rely on our own understanding, but we are to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. That is what we go home doing. That's gonna be hard. It's gonna be a battle. You who stood up last night, there is real stuff that you are dealing with. And if you didn't stand, maybe there's real stuff for you that even though you didn't stand. That's hard stuff. But please know you're not going at that alone. I just had a graduate in high school graduate. I just found out on social media that he had been struggling with depression. That is what goes on his Instagram. I've been his youth pastor for a few years now. I've met with him. We've we spent a lot of our summers together through covid uh, spent a lot of time together through COVID in our summers. He was carrying that. I didn't know that. We had face-to-face lunches, coffees, playing spike ball a ton. He'd been carrying that. And now he says that on social media. That's okay. But we could have conversations and And we could have faced that wall together. And we could have talked about that wall. We could have given the word of God and spoken to that wall. And what God's promises are for that wall. And know that you're not, that he was not alone in that wall. And for him to know that he's working from victory against that wall. You see, what wall is it for you? You're not alone in it. You're not to work at it alone. As we break into small groups, we're going to close with a song. Man, what a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity, and this is going to be hard, but talking about those walls, bringing them up. And maybe it's maybe not the appropriate time in that small group, if it, depending on that wall, but maybe you need to pull away one of your leaders. Man, I got to talk to you about this wall. That's okay. That's okay. But it's time to trust God with those walls. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. We thank you, God, that we can bring these things before you. God, we thank you that you are faithful beyond comprehension, Lord, in ways that we may not even imagine. And Lord, forgive us when we doubt. Forgive us, Lord, when we 
come up with our own understanding and we rely on it rather than trusting in you. God, I pray for those who are dealing with walls right now, Lord. God, may they know in the conviction of their heart right now that you are with them, Lord, and that, Lord, there's victory in you. There's victory to be had because of who you are. God, help us when we face walls. Help us to trust you. Help us to know that we work from victory and not for. God, thank you that's who you are. Thank you, God, that you are so good and so loving and so kind. Let's worship.